0: this is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game AM 560 WQAM and streaming on the Odyssey app brought to you by Lexus who invites you to see hear feel and experience amazing
3: good morning everybody welcome in to the week 15 edition of the Miami Dolphins Rewind show Jets Dolphins doesn't get any better than that Hard Rock Stadium today, 1 p.m. kickoff. This is the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show with Solana. Already had two pretty good games in the NFL. It's been a wild, crazy week in the NFL. COVID just playing a major role in everything that's going on once again. Feels like it's uh, it's 2020 again. Feels like it's November 2020 all over again. I'll have you updated on... uh? Some of the recent updates, roster updates from the Miami Dolphins. Two pretty good games already this week, though. Uh, On Thursday, you had the Mahomes-Herbert showdown. Patrick Mahomes with the game winner in overtime. And then yesterday, it was good watching the Patriots lose. I don't know how many of you caught that 8-20 game yesterday, but watching the Colts take down the Patriots, crazy to think the Patriots had won seven straight games. There was no way they were going to win eight, right? There was no way the Patriots are going to win eight straight games with a rookie quarterback. And it's what you saw yesterday. I get the Colts winning probably wasn't the best scenario records-wise. And as we're watching the playoff standings, probably wasn't the best result for the Miami Dolphins. That Colts improving to 8-6. and But man, it's good to watch the Patriots lose. I don't know about anybody else, but... For myself, it, it, it just uh, enough with the Patriots already. It's been uh, it it's been terrible this season watching Bill Belichick and the Patriots do what they're doing. So uh, at the very least, we had two good NFL games, and hey, got to watch the Patriots lose yesterday. Dolphins, Jets today. Dolphins six and seven still have the Raiders in front of you in the standings. The Steelers, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Browns the bills are 7 and 6 they have a pivotal game coming up here if the bills beat the panthers their next game next week will be against the patriots and that will essentially decide the AFC East title uh the, the dolphins are not going to have a chance to um to win the division but but they still do play the patriots at the end of the season but yeah next week in New England, in Foxborough, Bills-Patriots. If the Bills beat the Panthers today at 1 p.m., that's a game you want to keep your eye on. Next week, Bills-Patriots, that's going to decide the division. But if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're still sitting pretty. Maybe not too pretty, but we're going to talk about it at nauseum. The Dolphins have to take care of business today against the New York Jets. There's no question about it, but you have the Saints next week. The Saints, we know they're not a very good team. Nobody's afraid of Taysom Hill. I get they beat the Jets last week, but let's be real. The New York Jets are just terrible. They're the New York stinking Jets, and nobody's afraid of the New Orleans Saints right now. And then it's the Titans in Tennessee. Titans right now 9-4, second in the conference, but they're just struggling. I mean, no Derrick Henry. I get they beat the Jaguars last week, but the Jaguars fired Urban Meyer. They're a dumpster fire in Jacksonville right now. That is a winnable game versus the Tennessee Titans. And then again, you finish up your schedule with the New England Patriots. This is going to be talked about again at nauseum. Got to take care of business against the New York Jets, first and foremost, because you'd hate to be in a position where you're looking back after a loss to the New York Jets and that being the difference between you making the playoffs and not making the playoffs. Winning out is what probably gets you into the playoffs and even that might not be enough. So don't want to look back at the Jets being the difference between you being a postseason team and salvaging a season where you lost seven straight and and you on the outside looking in because you lost a game that you shouldn't have to a New York Jets team that is coming in struggling and truthfully just not playing good football Uh, here's some of the updates by the way from the Miami Dolphins on what has happened this week we know the running back situation was kind of a nightmare uh, around Wednesday Thursday Savan Ahmed Miles Gaskin and Philip Lindsay all three tested positive for COVID-19 that's your entire running back room and they were all on the COVID list Savannah Ahmed and Miles Gaskin, they were taken off the COVID-19 list on Friday per Brian Flores. They're available to play today versus New York, so that is very good news. Now, elsewhere, Javon Holland, your rookie safety who has been absolutely incredible all season, he was placed on the COVID list. Fortunately, Javon Holland, taken off the COVID-19 list yesterday, Saturday. However, he is questionable to play today. So we'll find out later. He's eligible to play in terms of COVID. He's no longer dealing with that, fortunately. But he's questionable to play today and will be a game-time decision. Somebody the Dolphins will probably be without today is, and it sucks to read this, but Jalen Waddle. We learned like midday Thursday, he was placed on the COVID-19 list. And uh, just just a tough blow. I mean, Tua to Tungabailoa, we've seen him play much better over the course of this win streak, and in large part, it's been due to his his ability to connect and find Jalen Waddle. And um, it's it's going to be a tough loss if he's not able to go. And for all intents and purposes, right now, Jalen Waddle, because of just the timing of it all, not going to be able to play today. He was on that COVID nineteen list as of Thursday. And the Dolphins have approached this now this entire week. It's, the COVID is just ravaging throughout the entire NFL right now. The Dolphins went back to virtual meetings. They held walkthroughs, but all players were told to meet via Zoom. Everything went back to uh, to, to no longer being in person other than practices. And it really does just feel like it's 2020 again in, in terms of how the NFL and how these teams are approaching the rest of the season this is going to be, and and the NFL has uh, has kind of adjusted the way that they're testing players now. Players who are vaccinated, they've sent out a bunch of memos. Things are changing, and the NFL seems to be adapting to this new reality that we're all facing. It really is going to be interesting to see how these teams and how the league is able to adjust and and you know get through the season. Uh, you already saw a bunch of schedule changes. Cleveland and I think the Raiders, they were supposed to play on SAT yesterday. Uh, That game was postponed till tomorrow. So you have two Monday night football games tomorrow. And then there's two Tuesday games as well. Everything is changing right now in the NFL. It is going to be really interesting to see how teams are able to adapt and how they're able to withstand the new rises in COVID-19 cases that again are impacting pretty much every team in the NFL Luckily for the Dolphins, it was only five or six players. I mean, five or six players is still a lot. Half your running back room was out or your entire running back room was out for a couple days. Luckily, you have Gaskin and Ahmed back and ready to go today. And nobody wants to see Jalen Waddle out. Javon Holland may not play today as well, but it's not what Cleveland is going through where it seems like they're down to like 19 players uh, for tomorrow's game. Here is Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. He spoke about the rising cases in COVID-19 and how he and the organization are dealing with it.
4: Hey, good morning, coach. Just wanted to ask you amidst all the crazy stuff around the league this week, and of course, with you guys as well, just how the team and your coaching staff has responded to all the
2: kind of change throughout the course of the week.
5: I think we've done that. Um, I think our uh, support staff has done a, a great job of uh, uh, adjusting being flexible, I think we, everyone needs to do that right now. Um, I mean, I mean, this, this setting is supposed to be or normally uh, in person, but we've got to go zoom because that's, that's what the times call for. Uh, so whether it's our equipment staff, our medical staff, our, uh, uh, cafeteria staff, everyone's kind of, um, each department's kind of made, made some adjustments, um, you know, to uh, fit the, 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 the new uh, league protocols, and um, our players are making that adjustment as well. Um, all the while uh, keeping our focus, uh, I should say, you know, our support staff does a, does a, has done a great job of uh, making those, uh, those changes, you know, s- uh, pretty, pretty seamless so that we can focus on well, the players, can focus on the Jets, um, our opponent this week, which, you know, is going to be a big challenge. Um, Coach, on, on that same line, do you think you have been successful on uh, on maintaining all the COVID talk um, out of the way in terms of your preparation? Do you feel comfortable with the way uh, things have been going this week, even though we've been talking all, all week long about COVID? Yeah, I think, um, I think this is kind of league-wide, um, you know, what, what's going on from a COVID standpoint. But, you know, there's games that um, – you know, that was a game that was played last night, games that are you know, upcoming. And um, I think, I think uh, we've got to compartmentalize and we know that's going on just as you know, a lot of things are going on um, uh, really individually. There's always something going on. And then, you know, when you get into the building, um, you know, you really focus on, you know, what, what the task at hand, uh, that meeting, uh, that practice, that walkthrough, um, you know, the Jets and, uh, you know their team, which you know they played a, um, you know they gave us a lot of problems the last time we, we saw them, um, offensively, defensively, and in the kicking game. Um, you know, we expect that type of game again. Um, that's what we're preparing for: sixty-minute, uh, you know, dogfight against a division division opponent, and um, that's what
2: we're preparing for. Want want to know about the preparation for the guys who are out with COVID? Uh, do do they have an opportunity to keep up with with the Zoom in terms of the game plan, or are they coming in today kind of cold and and, and sort of in the dark and and has to play catch up? Uh,
5: no, we don't. They they don't have days. Of, you know, they're not just totally off. Uh, so we've been zooming. You know, I think the what we do is you know guys who are in you know, protocol they zoom into the, all the meetings. Um, and obviously everything's gone virtual, so all players are in all meetings, um, but we've kept them up to, up to, uh, up to speed on, on the game plan, what we're doing in all three phases. Um, and you know, we'll try to make those as interactive as possible and, um, you know, have guys answering questions and, you know, unmuting and, um, you know, those guys are part of those meetings. So, uh, but it's it's one thing to just meet, you know. It's another thing to get out there and actually walk through it or practice it, which would be good to get some of those guys back into a practice
2: setting. In, in terms of, of of game plan and and the work that you're going to do today, um, how much do you feel like you you do have two days? How much do you feel like you can get an evaluation of those guys coming back in in two days?
5: Uh, well, I mean, I think you know with the the. The guys you're talking about, you know, Savan Miles. I mean, this is these are guys who uh, do have some, uh, you know, some bank reps um, from a full season. So um, I think you know, some of the plays that are just kind of core, core concepts, core plays, core uh, 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 schemes or concepts. Uh, I think it's it's more just kind of getting in the, into the huddle, hearing it, and, and going through it. Um, is it more of a refresher um, and, you know, anything that's brand new, obviously we got to see what that looks like as well. Um, but, you know, if we feel good about, you know, the way it looks, I was rep today, then, you know, we may go with one of those guys. Otherwise we'll go with uh, someone who's repped a little bit more during the week. Hey, Brian, I obviously uh, had the news yesterday that Jalen Waddle landed on the COVID list just on handling that loss and how that's unique from other times you've played without other receivers previously this year. Uh, and the, the next man up, We need contributions from, uh, you know, everyone on the team. It's not a one-man team. It's not any one person. There's 11 guys on the field um, at a time. So, you know, the message is what the message always is. All the guys got to step up, and we need, you know, contributions from, you know, everyone. That's how how you have success in this league. Um, We understand that. Again, this is a – a tough opponent. They got, you know, good players. They played us tough. I mean, that game was seven, seven, 14, 14. It went back and forth really the entire game. We know that we understand that they played us us well. They know us, you know, they got good coaches. They got good players. We, we, we got to play well this week, this weekend.
2: Waddle primarily playing the slot. I know he's played everything. Uh, it, it, is that Next man up, kind of Isaiah Ford in the slot, or or uh, where, what direction do you go in terms of finding guys who can contribute to the offense?
5: I think we've got guys who can play, you know, a few different positions. So, um, you know, Ford, Mike G, uh, Albert, I think we you know got some options there. So, um, uh, you know, I think we kind of went through that. We got that that information you know yesterday, uh, basically right in the middle of the meeting. So. Um, you know, some of the adjustments on the fly. Um, and we'll kind of work through some of that today, but I think we've got, a, you know, a few, a few different options there.
2: Um, how challenging is that when players have to adjust on the fly quickly? I know Mike, Mike plays a lot of slot, and Isaiah is viewed as one of the smarter guys on the team could play everything. H- how much of an intellectual challenge will it be for them?
5: I mean... I mean, I, you are know, I kind of uh, liken it to a game. I mean, a guy goes down in a game, right? And we we, we got to adjust on the fly. Um, so we always have a backup plan, um, and that backup plan went into uh, you know, went went into action yesterday. Um, but then, you know, obviously now we have a little bit more time to say, hey, you know, maybe there's some other things we could do. So then, you know, which, you know, normally in a game, you don't necessarily have that time unless, you know, you feel like you can get it uh, run and executed or uh, installed and executed, you know, on the sideline at halftime. But um, now we got a little bit more time. So um, we were able to kind of go back in last night and say, hey, you know, this is the way it's going. So we'll, um, we can do this, that, or, or or something else, or stay the same. So, um, uh I know the question was, you know, how hard is that? I think it's something that happens really weekly um, across the league. And uh, you know, that's kind of what we're dealing with.
3: That was Brian Flores there. And yeah, discussing just the new reality. This is just what we're all facing. And in the NFL, it is no different. Coming up next on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show, we'll look ahead to today's game versus the New York Jets. Plus, I had a conversation with Brian Baldinger, NFL analyst, who in the national media has probably been more of a Tua guy than anybody else. you hear that next here on the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show.
0: This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game, AM 560, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invites you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing.
3: Dolphins Jets today at 1 p.m. Welcome back to the Miami Dolphins Rewind Show. Coming up in less than an hour, you'll have Kevin Rogers, Channing Crowder. We'll take you up until 1 p.m. kickoff here at Hard Rock Stadium. Jimmy Cephalo, Joe Rose, and Jason Taylor will be on the call. Dolphins trying to make the playoffs. Four more games left. They have to get through the New York Jets. They beat them already a couple weeks ago at MetLife Stadium. Remember, Joe Flacco came in, actually surprised us, and played a much better football game than most of us expected. That was the week after, or about 10 days after, the Dolphins took down the Ravens on Thursday Night Football, and what they did to Lamar Jackson, everybody just thought, yeah, Joe Flacco's toast. Joe Flacco's dunzo. 36-year-old Joe Flacco getting his first start of the season. No chance he was gonna be able to perform well, and truth be told, he did. He shocked a lot of us. Joe Flacco actually played a pretty decent football game. Dolphins still pick up the victory, though. Their third consecutive win, and now what's become a five-game winning streak. I actually asked Hawken Crowder earlier this week. It's where you can hear me 2 to 6 p.m. weekdays here on QAM. What was the more shocking streak? Not impressive, but shocking streak this season of the Miami Dolphins. Was it losing seven in a row? Or was it after you've lost seven in a row, now put together a five-game win streak? That could turn into six today, I understand. But where we stand right now, losing seven straight, more shocking? Or the fact that after you lost seven in a row to put five wins in a row together and now put yourself in the conversation for the NFL playoffs, I get it. A lot of bleep needs to happen for the Dolphins to make the playoffs. But still, they're in that conversation and they certainly are in the hunt what was more shocking? And I think the easy answer is seven in a row, right? Because none of, none of us expected after they beat the Patriots, after they're able to pull off that win in New England because it's a game they always lost, right? Patriots with the ball, driving down the field, just need a field goal to win the game. The Dolphins always lost that game. It's what they did, and they were able to win it. Xavier Howard, your superstar, made a big play. And you come out of that game feeling good about this team as we did going in throughout the whole training camp and throughout the whole offseason, really feeling optimistic about this team. And then what happens? You fall flat on your face. Tua breaks his rib. You lose to the Bills in, in truly just embarrassing fashion. And then everything kind of spirals out of control. Now you found yourself 1-7. I mean, that certainly was shocking. But to me, after you were 1-7 after you kind of felt like you had hit rock bottom, Chris Greer was done so Everybody was done with Chris Greer. Everybody was kind of out on all his draft picks this year, too. You're upset with the offensive line play. Nothing seemed to come together. You're losing to the Jaguars. They get their first win, which, by the way, that's going to be tough to swallow in a couple years looking back. Urban Meyer, one of his only wins came against the Miami Dolphins. Certainly, that's going to be something we all are going to want to forget, but... Lose to the Falcons, lose to the Jaguars. I mean, after you lost to all these teams, to put together five straight wins and have Tua play the way he's playing, and have Jalen Waddle play the way he's playing, Javon Holland comes out of nowhere, Jalen Phillips now breaking records. He looks like he's a bonafide first-round pick. Certainly, the right guy. Uh, Chris Greer took the right guy there. Now, right? Like most, I don't think anybody would argue that. Um, To me, it's the latter. It's winning five straight. After you've lost seven in a row now to pull together these five, maybe six, maybe seven, eight, nine straight victories, it sounds far-fetched. If I would have told you after the Dolphins had lost to the Bills in Buffalo that they were gonna beat the Texans, they were gonna beat the Ravens, they were going to beat the Jets, they were going to beat the uh, the Panthers, and they were going to beat the Giants going into the bye week and win five in a row, you would have laughed at me. You would have told me there's no way. What has this team showed you thus far that has showed you that they could put five straight wins together? It's impossible. There's no way. And, you know, just as we didn't think they could lose seven in a row, the Dolphins shock us once again, and they win five in a row. At the very least, it's a an interesting conversation to be had. Another interesting conversation I had alongside Alex Dono. We were filling in for Hawk and Crowder earlier this week. It was actually on a Tua's day, and nobody in the national media, you could argue, nobody in the national media has been more supportive, or maybe I shouldn't say supportive, but has been less critical of Tua Tungavailoa this year than Brian Baldinger. And he joined me and Alex Dono again filling in for Hawkman and Crowder earlier this week. Well, and let me start on a, on a macro, and then I want to ask you about a couple of players. When it comes to the Miami Dolphins,
1: um, you know, it, it's not definite because they don't control their own destiny, Baldy. They're on a tremendous streak, five straight wins. If they can win out their next four, and I know I'm looking very far ahead, they would have very good odds of being a playoff team. And I think the toughest game left on the schedule would be week 18 against New England, which could, could go down as a big showdown. But do you think this is something the Miami Dolphins might actually pull off? Because if you told me back when they were 1-7 and seven, that they could get themselves into the thick of it, potentially for a playoff spot, they're now 6-7 and seven on the year, I would have laughed. But they've been playing really well, Baldy. Are you feeling somewhat optimistic that Miami can at least stay into the mix for the final couple of weeks?
6: Well, I mean, the schedule has been real favorable. Yeah. You know, you get the New York teams, you get a – you know, a Carolina team that's really struggling to do anything right now. So, I mean, you can stack some wins right now like they are. I mean, obviously the big win was against Baltimore, and that got them going. So, you know, I mean, you, know, you can't overlook, you know, Tennessee or New Orleans or you know, really any of these teams, um, and, and they'll beat you. But, you know, the way they're playing, they're playing uh, without making many mistakes. Defensively, they've been awesome, and nobody's been able to really figure out their blitz zero conundrum. And so I would say that, Uh, They're a team going in the right direction. I've seen teams win out, you know, and get to the postseason. Usually there's about one team a year that just finishes really strong uh, to get to the postseason. So, you know, everybody is kind of six and sevens, you know, seven and six. Everybody's kind of in the same position right now outside of a few teams. So they're right there. They're, you know, they're right in the hunt.
1: Now, Baldy, you mentioned you've been in the film room, which is a perfect segue because it's very clear that you put in the work and you study these things. And I think some folks do less studying than others. Uh, There have been interesting narratives around Tua by Loa. And uh, I have been in the recent past very skeptical on Tua. He's been winning me over for the last month and a half with the way he's played. I still don't think he's getting a whole lot of respect uh, because some people, when they break him down, they, they seem to pretend he's got a, a decent offensive line and a good running game. He doesn't have either of those things. Uh, so w- what would have been your breakdowns, Baldy, on Tua? Do you think he's actually making a case where he could really be a franchise quarterback?
6: I, I don't see anything that says he isn't. I mean, I never really do. Um He's in a good rhythm right now. <clears throat> you mentioned the line in the running game. <clears throat> I don't know, if, like if they have any running backs that don't have COVID right now. But you know, but that doesn't. I mean, they, they go to the RPO RPO game, play action pass. They move them. You know, when you study them though, what you do see is this: you see great arm strength, you see tremendous footwork. I mean, you have to have great footwork when you're the size that he is, and you know, and but you know, if you're six, you know, if you're six foot six. You can get away with just kind of muscling the ball down the field, you know, and using a bigger arm and that kind of thing, like a lot of those guys do. His footwork's gotta be pretty much perfect the way it was. I'm not comparing to Drew Brees, but Drew Brees had perfect footwork, and that's why he was the accurate quarterback that he was. And Tua had that at Alabama, he's got it now, and you can see it. Like these RPO games, it sounds fancy, but the footwork is the key to it. I mean, you gotta make a good decision, a quick decision. But your footwork's got to be perfect. And he you watch his feet in the pocket, like it wows you. You know, I mean, that's why he throws a good, straight, accurate ball.
3: And, and Baldy, what about the connection between Tua and Jalen Waddle? I actually saw you tweet about it, I think, two or three games ago. How impressed are you, not only by Jalen's production, but also their ability all season long to link up?
6: If Jalen Waddle was, I don't know, if he was a wide receiver for the Chargers, like he, he, he would be averaging 14 yards a catch, and he'd have nine touchdown catches. That's not how they play in Miami. They can't. They can't hold the ball long enough to do that. But he, he, his ability to separate at the top of routes, like tell me somebody that separates better than he does. You watch him against the Giants. James Bradbury is a hell of a corner. He gives a lot of people fits. But you watch him at the, at the top and how he separates, and what that does for the quarterback, it's just a comfort zone. Like, my man's open. I don't have to, like, put the ball through the eye of the needle. I can throw it out there. Put it out in front of him. He's he's already won. And, you know, you, you see it constantly with his ability, whether it's short area quickness on a quick slant or whether it's down the field on a comeback. Like, he's got the ability to separate the top of his routes. And, you know, when you could do that, you give your quarterback a really good uh, snapshot of what's going on. And he's going to have well over 100 catches this year. So I, I think it's – it's been a dynamic uh, rookie season for him, and exactly, really, what Tua need, needed, especially in light of you know Devonte Parker going down and missing a bunch of time. We're joined here by Odyssey NFL insider
1: Brian Baldinger. Let's talk about another former Alabama quarterback. Uh, elsewhere in the AFC East, the New England Patriots have, you know, they, they've been a great story this year. Had a subpar, sub-500, sub, sub no-playoff season last year. They're right back at it now, Baldy. They're two games on top of the AFC East. And Mac Jones, he, he's having an efficient season. He's not always asked to do a whole lot. Uh, you know, like the like the three-pass uh, game that he had a couple weeks ago in, in bad weather against Buffalo, uh, but he's been very efficient and he's gotten the great guidance of Bill Belichick and company. What's been your evaluation of Mac Jones in his rookie year? Uh,
6: I mean, he's been outstanding. He's just gotten better and better. Now, part of the reason why you don't put him in a position to throw the ball a bunch when the, the winds are gusting at gale force's is he doesn't have a strong arm and he can't throw the ball through the wind the way Josh Allen did in that game. And so it's, it's, it's it's part of who he is. I mean, he's just not going to, I want to see him in more bad weather games and see how he performs. Um, but that'd be my concern. But otherwise decision-making, uh, you know, knowing where the safety valve is, understanding what defenses are trying to do. I mean, he's an advanced student and uh, it shows up all the time. And, Almost every single guy that the Patriots invested in this offseason, whether it's Hunter Henry or Janu Smith or Nelson Aguilar, I mean, it's all Kendrick Bourne. It's all paying off right now. It's paying off big dividends. So he's a big part of their success right now. Uh, They do a lot of things really, really well. But his decision-making, they're not winning in spite of him. They're winning because of him. And so he's a big part of their success.
3: Baldy, I hate to do this, uh, but it's just something we've been doing – on this show now for a couple of weeks we've been asking different people yesterday ben bolin of the boston globe who you know he's been covering mac jones and seeing him week in and week out but right now like who has impressed you more and i know they're on different career paths thus far two has been in the league two seasons he's kind of had a a different uh career in the sense that he was being replaced by fitzy last season a little more unorthodox than Mac Jones, who was just thrown into the fire week one. But so far, who's impressed you more? Has it been Mac Jones in New England in his rookie season, winning nine games through 15 thus far? Or, you know, we know you're high on Tua. You just explained it to us. But which one of those two guys do you think will have the better NFL career from what you've seen thus far?
6: No, yeah, you know, that, that question, is I mean, I'm not dismissing the question. It's just hard because they're completely different systems. They're asking the quarterbacks to do different things. Mac Jones doesn't throw a lot of RPOs. He's got a legit running game. He's got a, a really good offensive line. I mean, you know, the Dolphins don't have anybody that can move the line of scrimmage like Trent Brown. They don't have a commitment to the run game the way the Patriots do. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's really different. I mean, I think both of them are going to have really good careers, um, I think they both have the mind <clears throat> of what a franchise quarterback's got to do. you, you got to be able to take all the heat when the heat's there and it gets hot a lot of times. Uh, you got to be able to take it. you got to be able to block it out. you got to be able to prepare. you got to be able to get on to the next play, the next game. And I think both of them have that mental part of it, which is a huge part. Because we've seen guys crack all the time when things don't go well, or, you know, the media's on them, or the fans are booing them, or whatever it is. Like, I think both these guys are wired the right way. I, I think it's, it's going to be pretty cool to watch. I mean, week 17 or 18, I guess, this week, uh, this year. I mean, to watch those guys go at it, um, you know, not just maybe week 18 this year for a playoff spot, who knows, um, playoff seedings, but in the future years. I mean, I think it's going to be fun to watch both these guys and see how they, they develop because both of them, are completing 70% of their passes right now. And both of them are helping their teams win a lot of games at this moment. So I, I don't want to say one's I, I, I favor one over the other. I, I, that's not fair for me because I like both of them.
3: Yeah, I knew I wasn't going to get anything from Brian Baldinger when I asked him to pick between Tua Tagovailoa or Mac Jones. But the reason why I asked was because a couple days earlier, Ben Volen of the Boston Globe, and I mentioned it, in the question, when I asked Brian Baldinger, um, he said that... And and Ben Volan covers the Boston Globe. I know a lot of Dolphins fans aren't the biggest Ben Volan uh, ben, ben fans. But Ben Volan said it flat out. Like, no question. Mac Jones has already proven to him, from what he's seen, to be a better quarterback than Tua Iloa And I struggle with that. Like, is Ben Volan just, you know putting on a little bit of a, a New England bias for this Miami audience to kind of trigger them and troll them a little? Maybe. Maybe that's possible. But, like, what is it that so many people in the national media and so many people who cover the NFL, what is it that they're seeing in Mac Jones that they already believe he is far better than Tua Tagovailoa? because I don't see it. And let me tell you something. Last night, the Patriots versus the Colts, I just didn't see it. Mac Jones, when he was forced to throw the ball late in the game, just 57% completion percentage. Tua Tungvalu in the fourth quarter is one of the most accurate passers in like three decades. Um, I, I just don't see it truthfully. And I am I try to be impartial when I watch these games. I try to watch as somebody who doesn't have a bias towards Miami, even though I understandably I do, right? I'm watching Tua Tungvalu. I think it comes down to one very simple notion. People have this narrative around Tua and they haven't watched the Dolphins over the past five games, and they don't care to change their narrative on Tua because they don't actually consider the Miami Dolphins a legitimate threat to the playoffs, so they're just not watching Dolphin football. I really think it's as simple as that because if you're watching Tua Tungavailoa as closely as all of us have been over this five-game winning streak, I'm not saying he's top three. Quarterback in the NFL. I'm not putting him in that category. And fine, Justin Herbert, clearly a better quarterback. That's not the discussion here. But has he shown you that he can be a franchise quarterback, that he can play good football, that he can do what's asked of him, and he can win you games? I think he has. I truthfully think he has. And if you can't see that from this stretch of games, then you just don't want to see it flat out. There's no other way to approach it. You just don't want to see him. Be successful in any possible way. Dolphins Jets today, 1 p.m. Coming up next, we're gonna hear from OJ McDuffie, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver. Just to give everybody a quick heads up Jalen Waddle is out today. But Javon Holland, he's listed as game time decision. He was taken off the COVID list yesterday, in case you missed it. And Friday, Brian Flores, he announced that Miles Gaskin and Savon Achman. They were taken off the COVID list as well, so they are available to play. Also from the Dolphins injury report on Friday, Clayton Fedulam, Austin Jackson, and Adam Shaheen, they're all questionable for today's game versus the Jets. And Brandon Jones, he's eligible to play today as well. Those are all your latest injury updates for today's game versus New York. It's coming up at 1 p.m. right here on 560 WQAM. Again, coming up next, you'll hear from O.J. McDuffie, Juice, and in less than an hour, you have Channing Crowder, Kevin Rogers. They'll have Dolphins game day right here on AM560 Sports WQAM. More Dolphins Rewind is next with Solana.
0: This is Dolphins Rewind on the home of every Miami Dolphins game, AM 560, WQAM, and streaming on the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Lexus, who invites you to see, hear, feel, and experience amazing.
3: Final segment of the Miami Dolphins Rewind show here with Solana on AM 560 Sports WQAM. Week fifteen, I uh I had in my show notes from uh from that I prepared yesterday, and it was from the Dolphins Wire, and it was how the Dolphins could become the eleventh seed after week fifteen because you know now it's the time where you know you start pulling out your calculator, you start figuring out all the different uh ways that the Miami Dolphins can find themselves in the NFL playoffs, and I mean when you look at just the conference standings. There's so many 6-7 and 7-6 seven and seven teams right now, um, and all these AFC teams are just going to play each other and beat each other up, which is good for the Miami Dolphins. But um, there was a list on the Dolphins' wire what has to happen week 15 for the Miami Dolphins at the start of week 16 to be in the 11th seed because right now the Dolphins are in the 13th seed, which is bizarre, right? They're one game out of a wild card, but they're also 13 out of 16 teams in the 13th <laughs> out of 16 teams in the AFC, and the first thing listed for the Dolphins to be the 11th seed is the Patriots defeating the Colts, and it's just not what happened yesterday. But we did get the silver lining of watching Mac Jones and the Patriots lose, so there's that. Panthers, they're gonna have to play the Bills today. Panthers defeating the Bills, just not likely. The other one there is the Raiders defeating the Browns. The Dolphins actually have the tiebreaker over the Cleveland Browns right now. And who knows what's going to happen with Cleveland. Uh, They're so decimated by COVID right now that, um, and they're going to play tomorrow against the Raiders. It's going to be a tough game for them to win without basically any of their starters available. I think they're down to their third quarterback. The Broncos play the Bengals, Titans, They play the Steelers today. Just a lot of action between all the teams in between the Dolphins and their possibility of making the NFL playoffs. Now let's shift to OJ McDuffie, Juice, former Miami Dolphins wide receiver. You hear him post games on the official Miami Dolphins radio network. You hear him alongside Seth Levitt and Travis Wingfield after every single Miami Dolphins game, the Miami Dolphins radio network postgame show he was on with Channing Crowder and Alex Dano earlier this week here on QAM
7: are we seeing Tua's progression are we seeing Tua turn to what we thought he was going to be out of Alabama
4: well I think we're finding out what he's going to be for us Channing you know what I mean I, I you know everybody you know he, he took some shots down the field or whatever but I think what we found out what we found out in the last five weeks and, you know, six weeks is that two this is to his game. I think it might be his game moving forward. And so what we have to do is surround guys that handle that game well, get the ball in the hands, short and sweet, and then make somebody miss, you know, give me fifteen to eighty. You know, and that's what that's what the whole game plan seems like they're working with uh for the Miami Dolphins. And you see he's starting to get more and more comfortable with what he's doing out there and that's the that's the most important thing. And I think he's only gonna get better. So I, I you know for me, I think that, you know, the short and sweet is, is going to be to his games and he's smart with the football that 80 percent is being smart with the football throwing it away sometimes when he has to don't make the big mistake, you know and you know this channing the way the defense is playing that's all he has to do right now that's all he has to do right now
7: and juice just Jets, saints patriots titans four games left Jalen waddle has 86 catches already your best year ever was 90 catches, juice. I just these are facts, Juice. These are facts, Juice.
3: He got 86.
7: Your best year ever was 90, Juice. Like is Jalen Waddle special? Like, do you see something in this young kid that you just say, hey, this is this is something else?
4: Yeah, you know, let's just go back to you talking trash about my 90, first of all, man. I led the league by the way, challenge. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, just tells you how the game has changed, right, with 90 left?
7: Yes. Yeah, not, bro, dude, I, I, let me be honest. Not 90 back then was 200 right now yeah. with what's going on in football.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. But, no, Jalen Waddle, for sure, 1,000% a special player, man. I mean, I, I love Jalen Waddle. He's my receiver coming out in draft. You know, everybody, you know, talk about other guys, you know, Smith or, or Chase, but Jalen Waddle, if he doesn't get hurt, if he doesn't get hurt, Jalen Waddle probably wins the Heisman or, you know, is in that race as well, and you don't hear about Smith. You know what I mean? So it's like it, – it, but Jalen Waddle is a guy. I can't wait to see him. They're going to bust him out a little bit more, but wait for him to get one of them short ones and, and go 80 for the force real quick. You know what I mean? Get a short one and go 75 for us. I think that's coming as well, man. But he is definitely that dude. He's tough. He's starting to get more responsibilities and lining up, lining him up all over the place on the field now, finally – you know, to give him those opportunities to go out there and make some plays. Uh, but, you know, as a rookie, Chan, you remember as a, as a linebacker, man, how much did you have to learn that first year? And you're like still like every game, like halfway through the season, like, damn, mind the right place, still out there thinking. I think he's thinking less. He's doing a lot more, playing a lot more positions, and you see the results, you know what I mean?
1: You know, a lot of Dolphin fans, myself included, have been having conversations about winning the next four games and maybe getting a playoff spot. But let's take a look at the one that's right in front of us, Juice. And I think people – it's easy to discount the Jets because they're really bad and the Dolphins beat them just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, But you look at this game on Sunday, and the Dolphins do have some COVID issues and injury issues. Uh, How do you expect this game to play out? Is there any adjustment that the Jets can make to perform better down here in Miami than they did in the Meadowlands?
4: Well, you know what? I think they did the first adjustment when we played them up there, and they played Flacco. You know, I think they were looking for a quarterback that would get the ball out in, on time and not take the you know the hits or the sacks or whatever. Because at that point, our defense was starting to go back to that defense from last year. You know, a lot of zero blitz, a lot of pressures. You know, and a guy like a young guy like Zach Wilson, you know, sitting in that pocket, it might he might take a little bit of abuse from us. Uh, so I think that was the adjustment they made. Now they're going to, I guess, you know, put him and send him into the fire and see what happens. So I don't know what they can do differently. Um, you know, to, to stop us. I know that, I mean, I'd love to make sure that Javon Holland's back. I'm not sure where Brandon Jones is going to be or those two safeties that have made it so much, you know, so nice for us back there. But for the most part, man, I think we just stay the course. I think, um, you know, we've been able to handle quarterbacks that can run. You know, when you talk about, you know, Lamar Jackson and, you know, and guys like that, or we got guys that are sitting in the pocket like Flacco we've been able to handle. So we've been able to handle different quarterbacks. Um, so I just think that right now, we're in a situation – we're in a situation right now we just can continue to play the state of course and we'll be able to make some plays like we uh, – you know, like on defense for sure.
7: And, Juice, do we got to win out to make the playoffs? Because in my mind, I tell you my I don't think 9-8 and eight makes it in the AFC, but I think 10-7 and puts you in the conversation and we'll have to depend on other people. But we have to win out to make the playoffs. That's my opinion. What do you think?
4: 1,000%. Oh, I mean, 1,000%, no matter about all the parity that's in the league right now. I mean, it's nice to see that, you know, there are some teams that are seven and six that are either in the playoffs or in the hunt, and we're at six and seven. But, I mean, in order to, to probably assure that we get in, we have to win out, and we should win out. Um, not not saying we're, we're going to win every game, but we should win out considering how we're
7: playing right now.
3: Yeah, 10 and seven is clearly the objective. And, Truly, I was talking about in the last segment, right? Streaks, you lose seven in a row. After losing seven in a row and being one in seven to win nine straight to be 10 and seven, I mean, that that is incredible. Um, and it would suck after winning nine in a row to miss the playoffs. But if the Dolphins can put that together, it would be remarkable. There's nothing good that comes from a season where you miss the playoffs, especially this one. Brian Flores' is third year, I'm not excusing it. The team shouldn't have lost seven straight, even with the injuries to Tua Some of those losses were inexcusable. And the expectations for this team this season were to make the playoffs, period. End of story. Uh, so if they don't, it is certainly a disappointment. But after you lose one and seven, you add that context to win nine straight. It'll be incredible. But in order to do that, you have to beat the Jets today. You're going to see Zach Wilson, for the first time, fully expect the Miami Dolphins defense to take advantage of a young quarterback who has been struggling. Expect the Dolphins victory today, and I hope that's what we get from Hard Rock Stadium. And I hope we get a big performance from Tua Tungavailoa. This is a struggling defense. Tua Tungavailoa played really good, but wasn't outstanding in New York. He did what he was asked, and he won the game. And that was great, but it would be really good to see Tua come out today Throw for 250 yards. Get a couple touchdowns. Link up with Devontae Parker, who's going to be out there. No Jalen Waddle, That's going to hurt. But still, the Dolphins should have enough to beat the New York Jets today. That's coming up at 1 p.m. at Hard Rock Stadium today. Coming up next, though, I'll hand it over to Kevin Rogers and Channing Crowder. It's Dolphins game day. That's next here on AM560 Sports WQAM. I'll talk to all of you next week. Sunday before the Dolphins take on the Saints in New Orleans, Monday Night Football. I'm excited for that one. Talk to you next week.
0: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.